Hey, hey, what a wonderful day. And welcome back to the Shit You Don't Learn in School podcast. This is Calvin Rosser. You can find me at Calvin underscore Rosser on Twitter. And this is Steph Smith. You can find me at Steph Smith IO on Twitter. So today we're going to talk about how it's really difficult to stay in touch with friends, especially as you start to navigate your 20s and people get in relationships and all kinds of other things. So let's dive into it. So Steph, I want to kick this off with something that I've personally been struggling with. I try to stay in contact with my friends as best as possible, but especially in the last year and maybe even in the last two years as people have moved to different cities or I'm in a place where some of my good friends aren't and the COVID pandemic and everything, I just wanted to chat about like how can we better stay in contact with friends? I feel like relationships are just so obviously at the core of what it means to live a good life. And when you look back and try to minimize regrets, it's important that you stay in touch. But I feel myself drifting from some of my friends, who, especially those who are further away. And I don't exactly know how to approach this. Are you experiencing anything like that? Yeah, I think that's the aspect of my life that I probably struggle with the most, especially since I decided to become nomadic. And it makes sense when you decide to live in a new place all the time you're actively choosing not to invest in the same community as most people do. Most people grow up in one place, maybe they move to another, but then they really lock that in and they build those relationships up over several years. Whereas you and I have chosen to be a little more nomadic and there's pros to that. But I think the most obvious and consistent con of being nomadic is the difficulty to form communities, to really build on top of relationships. And what I found is I've really struggled to not only keep in touch with people from before, but also the people I tend to meet now because I consistently move around. So now I have my friends from growing up, my friends from university, my friends from different jobs, different places that I've lived, and they're just all over the place. And the shared experience between even those friends doesn't exist. So it's really hard to continuously build up those relationships. Where are most of your friends from? Are they equally spread across that thing? I, for example, I'm always a little bit jealous of people who have friends from childhood, especially when they're really young. I moved around a lot and have lost touch with the few high school friends that I had. And most of my good friends come from college and then some post-college experiences traveling and, and work and stuff like this. But do you still keep in touch with people who you went to high school or middle school with? Yeah, I do. But like I said, there's I guess, chunks of friends from different parts of my life and then um, also in different places. And so it's hard to not just keep in touch and keep up with each of those different groups, but also, as I said, they don't really intersect very much. So if I'm talking to one group and I happen to, for example, my friends from back home and my childhood friends, if I happen to be abroad living in Bali, they don't know the people I'm talking about and vice versa. I don't know the people that they're talking about anymore. It becomes hard to continue to build up different relationships across your life if you're changing your environment so often. Have you found the same? Yeah, I think there's a couple of factors at play. So one is friendship from my perspective is formed on shared experiences. And so if you're talking about high school friends and you don't actually see them anymore, you no longer have new shared experiences. So you can almost just like reminisce on the past, but that's it. And then they're not a part of the new experiences that you have. And then on top of that, what happens is we're all changing and growing in different ways. So some people are becoming more settled down. Other people are really not settling down. And I think that creates these diverging paths or growth trajectories. And then maybe a third variable is just your interests change over time. So I'm more likely to connect with someone who's in the startup tech industry now than perhaps someone who is in finance, which might've been a part of my earlier life. 
And I think there's some of those factors at play too. What I want to talk about is what are the ways that you can stay better in touch? Because I think this is just a natural thing that happens throughout adulthood. It seems that you can only stay in contact with so many people and you have to choose those people as you go throughout life. And I think it's actually quite natural to thin the number of friends you had relative to when you were younger or to just not be able to associate with the hundreds of people that you've met and connected with. Yeah. And I think as time goes on, you start to recognize that, as you mentioned, different friends that you bonded with before, maybe you bonded with because you did have shared hobbies or things that you connected on and you don't have that anymore. But also things change, right? Some of the friends that I made in high school, for example, I made those friends because I genuinely liked them, but we also happened to be in the same place. There was only X number of people in your high school and you just naturally um, build bonds with a certain number of those people. But you may not have those same connections anymore and you have different priorities in them today. I'm just thinking about like my high school friendships. A lot of them were formed on things like working out, smoking weed, sometimes drinking and partying. And as my lifestyle has changed and also my location, like my friendships aren't necessarily formed on those things anymore. The newer ones are actually formed on, do we have the same intellectual curiosities or are you teaching me something new about my life or making me a better person? And that doesn't always continue with friendships. That said, there is, I think this really cool thing that I see a lot of people do, which is they're able to stay in contact with friends, even those that they don't may, maybe connect with anymore. And I, I think that's okay up to a point and, and sometimes really awesome and, and useful. But I just wonder, like, how do you even think about the friendships that you should prioritize? Because I think that's actually what you have to do. I had one friend who his parents gave a really funny framework. They're like, yeah, at some point we just said, we have three groups of friends. We have the A friends. These are people, they show up at your door and you'd let them in no matter what. You have your B friends. They show up at your door and you're like, ah, I think you better stay at the hotel or something. And then you have the C friends who it's like, please don't come visit me. And these are maybe people that were good friends at one point. And that sounds like a harsh framework, but they were pretty serious about that. They were in their 60s and they're just like, yeah, you can only have maybe five good friends at this point and life becomes busy. So choose your A friends. Yeah, I actually, it may sound harsh to some people, but I like that framework because I think with all things in life, if you don't prioritize, life prioritizes for you. And so if you're really not focusing on the people that mean the most to you, then life <laughs> will probably prioritize other people, even if you're not trying to do that. And I do think it's important to really isolate the people that you really care about. And again, something that may sound counterintuitive or maybe a little too rigid is something that I do. I only do this with my family really is actually track how often I reach out to them. But the reason I do that is because I've, some people just have the habit of calling their parents every single day. And I think that's wonderful. I wish I had that habit, but I never have had that habit. And instead I really struggle to keep in touch with the people I care about. And so instead just try to call my parents every week and similar to what I've done with other skills, even though this maybe isn't a skill per se is track it because that keeps me in check. Where if if I haven't called them in a month, which happens, I at least can see that. And I at least can be like, okay, why am I doing this? I say in theory that this is someone um, I care about and that's not really showing up in my actions. And so that's something I try to do. And I think other people could do something similar with their friends. Yeah, I actually do something similar uh, with my family. I don't have my parents, but I have my grandparents. And every week on my to-do list, it's a non-negotiable call my grandparents. I usually do it on Saturday or Sunday. I pretty much never miss. And it's a rewarding thing for me. And I know they appreciate it as well. Something I do with friends is if I think about them, I text them and I say something like, hey, I was just thinking about you. What's going on? Sometimes it leads to something like another conversation. Sometimes it's just a text thread. But that's also helped me just 
make sure that it's not just something on my to-do list that I then schedule later. I will also call friends out of the blue. I find it really weird to like schedule. I'm not a very scheduled person in, in that way where I schedule a call with a friend like two weeks from now or something. I'd rather just call them and see if they pick up and just lead to an organic conversation like that. And that's actually really helped me stay in contact with those people that I think about. There are certainly people though that I've lost touch with who, uh, especially from college, who I think I would still connect with in a lot of ways and haven't really found a good way to, to stay in contact other than if we're in the same city, I maybe like post an Instagram story or something and, and see if old people that I knew will respond and be like, hey, let's meet up, which is actually quite common. Yeah, I think that's something I've noticed you're really good at is just calling people. So my go-to is just to send a message to someone. But if you think of the arc of connection, obviously the, the most connection you get with someone is when you're in person with them. And then probably the other end of that spectrum is liking an Instagram post or something like that. And sending someone a text, I think, is further to that side of less connection or yes, you're you're making an effort to say, hey, I'm thinking of you and I want to connect with you, but it's hard to really spark a conversation and have connection over text. Really what you're doing is like just updating each other, just saying, hey, this is what's going on in my life. This is what's going on yours. But I think phone calls are further to that side of actually connecting with someone. Like you hear their voice, you joke about different things, you spend potentially an hour with someone or more. And that can really build connection. And and I've seen this happen (laughs) a few times that I'll do it where you haven't talked to someone in a while. And if you really get on the phone with them, or as you said, meet with them in person, it's like nothing has changed, but I don't really feel like you get that with texts. And so I do think maybe even just from this conversation, I'll make more of a habit of calling people. And I know that's something that you do a lot. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely prefer calls over text. And something that that reminded me of is you also have to think about, I have some friends that are really good at staying in contact with people, but I have other friends who they just suck at texting. They don't respond. So there's like never an engaging conversation there. And the only way to really build the connection or can keep it going is get them on the phone or go see them in person. I think one of the advantages of being nomadic is I was able to visit different friends at different times and in other places and wasn't as constrained by location and was able to reignite college friendships that had faded a little bit and to rebuild that connection by just going in person. Actually, next week, I'm going to see someone who I haven't seen a year and a half who I'm really close with and stuff, but we haven't seen each other in a while. And I, I think he's an example of someone who's not the best at communicating via text. And I'm really excited to see him because I think we're going to have a blast and a bunch of laughs. And I, I was just happy to prioritize that and to make it a part of my year. Yeah, I think when you're nomadic, what ends up happening, not all the time, but sometimes is because you're away from people for such long periods of time, you actually, when you are around them, invest much more. And I've found this the same where when I go back to Toronto, sometimes I'll connect with some of my high school friends and I'm like, have you seen this person? They're like, no, (laughs) they live in the same city and they, they don't invest in that, which is totally fine. But I do think because you're away from people more often when you are in the area or you have the opportunity to connect with them, sometimes you actually invest more in that. Yeah. I always was surprised. I have a bunch of friends in New York city and I'd visit twice a year or something and and see friends and, and in San Francisco as well. Sometimes I would get people together and I'm not even like the connector friend type, but I'd be like, Hey, like we should all go out. And it's old frat buddies who lived in the same city, but had not seen each other. And they're like, yeah, the only time we see each other is when you come in town. So that's like pretty great because we get to connect again too. I I find that to be an interesting thing where if you're in the same place, you almost take it for granted that you have the people around you. And I've always really appreciated going places. And even if it's just a couple of days, I I try to go deep with my friends because the time is limited and who knows when I'll see them again, which is why I wanted to talk about this. I'm, I'm starting to feel like 
the frequency with, with which I'm going to see my friends in the future is going to be lower than it's been in the last five years. And that kind of makes me sad. And I, I just really want to make sure that I'm able to invest in relationships and give time to the people who I care about and, and stay connected in the right ways. Yeah. It reminds me of that. Have you seen that Wait But Why article? It's one of his most famous ones where he just shows like the number of days in your life. But this one in particular was related to, I think, the time you spend with your family and how when you're growing up with your family, you spend just so many days with them in that first two decades of your life. And then he estimates for the average person how much you have of that left. And it's shocking. It's especially for people like us who left their hometowns or whatever. I think we spent like 97% of our time with our family between the ages of zero and 18 and the remaining like few times. This is why I cherish. I'm at my grandparents' house right now. Like I love coming here because I never know when the last time is going to be. And it's the time is so short that we see each other. So that's something I think about a ton. I think that article, we should link it somewhere, but is just a really good visual reminder of how limited your time is with the special people in your life. Yeah, I think sometimes, again, when you use math or actually frame something with a number, it may sound really arbitrary or strange for something that is meaningful, like a relationship, but it does put things into perspective. Like my mom is, I think, turning 66 this year. So let's say she has 15 years left of her life. Maybe she has more, maybe she has less. But if I spend a week every year at home with them, that's not that many days. And the same thing is true with your friends. In college, you spent every day with them maybe. And you spent four years with them doing that. But now that you're living in different places, different cities, different relationships, different other friends, maybe you only see them once every two years. And so you don't really have that much time with these people. And I think this really brings us back to this idea where when you get older, it is harder to establish those relationships, but it becomes even more important to figure out the ones that mean the most to you and then invest appropriately in those. For sure. And one other thing is I live in a city where there are none of my good friends, unfortunately. And whether I'm getting someone on the phone or I go visit someone, it increases my happiness by a lot. And it's often surprising if I'm in a lull, if I call a friend, like I'm I'm feeling a lot better. And I guess I have this tendency of sometimes self-isolating and in random locations, but just talking with my friends is a huge part of my life. And I know it is for a lot of people as well. And we're in a different circumstance where we're not living close to a lot of our friends, like some people. One last idea that I'll give you is three or four years ago, I organized a New Year's trip for my birthday. And it was to celebrate my mom's life as she had passed. And I got together 80 or 90% of my good friends in, in San Diego at that time. And since then, we've done an annual New Year's thing where everyone gets together. And it's been a ton of fun. We do it in a different location every time. And not all the same people come every year, but at least 50% of my good friends are there on any given year. And I know that's been special for me and I think really special for them too. And that's at least the one time of the year where we all get back together, back like our college selves, and it's a ton of fun. Yeah, one note on that. I think obviously relationships are built off of shared experiences. And one of the things I think a lot of people recognize this already, but I'm just going to call it out is it's not just the amount of time you spend with people, but especially if you're spending important milestones with people that can cement relationships. I know one of the examples for you was when your mom passed away and certain people were there for you. Certain people came to her funeral. And I think that really cemented some of the relationships you had with those individuals. And I think just as we get older, people are getting married, people are losing loved ones, people um, are getting new jobs. And I think those are great opportunities to invest in the people that you care about, even if you're not around them at all times. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, I will just say when I lost my mom, I don't think I really invited any of my friends to the funeral or anything. I didn't want to burden anyone, but four or five friends showed up. Like one of them rented a badass car, which was my childhood dream car and drove up. And I actually went to his house afterwards and he drove up with one of my other good friends. And that was really meaningful. They they didn't have to do that. They were there for me and, and a couple other friends who were in New Orleans and postponed their vacation and flew down. And I think those are the times where it's not that those are better friends or something, but what I want to say is being there for your friends when bad things happen can be tremendously valuable if you can make the time for that. And I wouldn't discount that even just like a simple phone call during that time I could have helped. And there can be the tendency to get, want to give people space or something like this, but those things definitely meant a, a ton to me. And even just thinking about it, almost like tearing up. Oh, I have one more final thing to say, which is just, so we've both been nomadic for a while. And I think that has also shaped my perspective of how important community and relationships are, which again, sounds counterintuitive. But when I went nomadic, I was like, I want to design my life. I want to live exactly where I want, how I want. It was a very selfish, let me design my life attitude, which I think has a lot of merit. And we can talk about that in another episode. And I think a lot of people, when they go nomadic, they're very excited about this just sheer freedom. But what I've seen through myself and so many other nomads is that the biggest downfall of at least that first year or two when you're nomadic is the lack of community. And in fact, that's what turns a lot of people off nomadism at first because they lack that community. And it's just so clear from basically any nomad that that chooses to hop around a lot is that's the key thing that they're missing, which is why you end up seeing a lot of nomads slow down and stay in just a few places or one place after a while. And so that really helped illuminate the importance of community for me and which is why now I am okay with slowing down a little bit as well because I recognize that everything in life is a trade-off and one of the most important things that especially as you get older is the community that surrounds you. Yeah, I have the same experience. I think we should save the topic on the advantages and disadvantages of long-term travel for another episode, but came to the same conclusion after years of travel where I was like this is really cool. There's a lot of breath but I'm missing the depth and I really want to go deep in one place. In this case, it's San Diego and try to build community there and invest in my existing friendships to the extent possible, because that's actually what's going to fill my bucket. And that's what's going to minimize regrets and make me just an overall happier and, and better person. Shall we end it there? I think this is a great episode. I think I want to go call my parents or something after this, but I think it's a great reminder for everyone that investing in the people you care about is important. For sure. I'm about to go text a bunch of my friends. In fact, one one guy actually did the tactic that I was talking about. He texted me the other day and he's, hey, I was just thinking about you and I haven't caught up with him in over a year and I haven't responded. And now I'm feeling a little bit like an asshole. I got to get to it. Yeah. One quick note on that. When you were talking about texting versus calling, I think for some reason, I don't know if other people feel this way. Texting feels like a task, maybe because we have to answer emails and other things. But I really think I'm going to take this approach of starting to call people more instead of texting them. Yeah, just do it. I think people appreciate it too. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Bye.